Greetings. I don't want to say good morning or good afternoon because you might be listening to this podcast at a strange hour, but I'm happy that you tuned in and then you want to benefit from my lessons learned in now my fifth decade as a strength coach, personal fitness trainer, gym owner, and also an athlete. We'll talk about my experiences and share how I was able to take my exercise, attitude, recovery, and nutrition to the highest level and win a few world championships, especially after the age of 40. But I am Joe McAuliffe, and I am passionate about what I do. And for many, many years, I was a strength coach for a couple of fantastic football coaches. Football strength and conditioning was how I got started in this, and powerlifting. Those were my very first two jobs, was uh, high school strength and conditioning in 1987, working with the Washington High School's um, uh, freshman football team, and then also I was hired at a local Gold's Gym to be a personal trainer and to teach powerlifting. Since then, I've been involved in the fitness industry Steady, steady. Have seen it grow, have seen it change, have watched what happened with the pandemic. But who more is Joe McAuliffe? I want you to know because I have survived the pandemic. I do have a wonderful little community here in New Jersey that we call home. JM Power U is a fantastic place. I want you to know who I am, what I stand for. And hopefully you'll come on this journey with me, this journey of lessons learned. And in this first segment, I have to talk a little bit about myself because I want you to know again where I come from. I come from, grew up in Lincroft, New Jersey, Leedsville Drive. At five years old, I discovered Jack LaLanne on TV. While other kids were watching Mighty Mouse, I was watching Jack LaLanne and Popeye and learning to be strong to the finish, because I eat my spinach. (laughs) I was hooked on exercise as a youngster, and believe it or not, Jack LaLanne and Popeye were my role models. My father had nothing to do with sports. My father was a supportive dad, a loving dad, but he didn't play any sports. He grew up in the Depression, and to him, Big Ed McCullough from Woodside, Queens, thought that sport was... uh, getting into fistfights in the, the local uh, uh, playground or in bars. Okay, he was, a, uh, he was a brawler from way back, and he was always a football fan but could never afford to play football. Only the rich kids could play back then because of the equipment. So I grew up with a, with a dad who went to work, who I saw him get up at 5 in the morning, get on a train and go to New York City and commute for many years, for you know the 15 years that I grew up in, um, in Monmouth County and watching him and get up and go to a job that sometimes he might not have liked. As a matter of fact, a lot of time he didn't like it, but he went anyway. He's supporting our family. He moved us at New York. My parents are native New Yorkers. Mom is from Brooklyn. Dad is from Queens. And they moved us out here to Monmouth County, New Jersey, when we were young because they saw the city as a tough place to bring up kids. 
So there's the little man with Jack LaLanne on the brain. And for the first few years, it was Jack LaLanne, mommy, mommy, Jack LaLanne, do the exercise and do the push-ups. And I remember doing the show. <laughs> I followed along as best I could. And was always remembered happiness and joy with activity. Happiness and joy climbing trees. Happiness and joy running around, chasing, throwing, diving. And then ultimately, I found competitive sports when I was eight years old. So baseball, basketball, and football were the only sports that I could get my hands on when I was a youngster. And it became who I was. Sport was who I was. I used to get sick every time I would pitch for Little League. Up all night, I was a ferocious competitor. Whether it is right, wrong, or indifferent. And again, I teach my son the lessons learned. My hindsight can be your foresight. As I let the, um, the competitive urge affect my relationships. And I know I would have had more friends if I wasn't such a, a, a tough, hard-nosed competitor. And I see the world the way the world is today. And fortunately, I took out of sports a love for fitness and, of course, weightlifting. I got my first weight set when I was 13 years old. <clears throat> and I heard stories of my grandpa, the barbender, the strongman, the guy who worked for P.T. Barnum in the circus. He was incredibly fit. Someday I'll show you pictures. I'll pop them up on my Instagram. But my grandpa was working out ahead of his time. My father did not have a good relationship with his dad, did the opposite. He wanted to beat up guys that were working out. My dad was the anti-fitness person. So when he had a son who was totally into push-ups and sit-ups and sports, I'm sure it befuddled him somewhat. So understanding that, you understand a little bit more about me and where I come from. My mom was the ferocious competitor. My dad, although a tough guy, not nearly as competitive as my mom. My mom was the youngest. My mom used to race all the kids in the neighborhood and loved being the fastest, best athlete. She could do all the sports the boys could. And then the boys got old enough to play organized sports and they didn't have sports for my mama. Boy, I tell you what, anyone who knew my mother would know that she would have been one amazing field hockey or softball player and, of course, a power lifter. But my early days and exposure to sports were of joy. I loved sport, even though I hated losing. I loved sport. I loved the camaraderie, the friendships. It was my life. I, uh, I struggled in school because of my ADD. I know I had it. And by the way, when I discovered coffee and caffeine in college, boy, did my grades get bitter. That's why I'm giving my son, who um, has it, coffee, and it helps him. And oh boy, look at my hindsight helping him ahead of time. That's what I want this podcast to be, is I want kids to learn, and I want parents to teach hindsight. Is it 2020? No, but these lessons that are forged in championships and trauma, 
I have had my share of ups and downs. As an athlete myself, if you look at my career spanning five decades, I've been to the Nationals 26 times, folks. I've won 12, but 14 occasions I have had uh, defeat. I have had injury. I have done the best I ever did and placed second. (laughs) I have had every spot on the platform covered, including last place when I bombed a few times. So my experience is not that of a man who just won all the time. I had to learn a lot of lessons, especially about injuries and overtraining. So as a coach, when I became old enough to realize that I had a passion for lifting, you know, in high school, we knew it because I was good at it and I, I broke records and won championships. I did my very first meet, folks, in 1980. That was my first bench press tournament, and I won the teenage division. It was all about me. I was a little selfish and self-centered, not community-oriented as a youngster. I wanted to win the world, and that was my focus. Then I found out about steroids and all the role that steroids was playing in powerlifting, and I was so disheartened um, at one tournament that I stopped competing for a few years. I went from 1983 to 1986 without competing, going to college, of course, always lifting, um, and then watching the birth of the ADFPA and drug-free powerlifting. So when you listen to me, you understand that I am a man who doesn't believe in performance-enhancing drugs, and I believe in powerlifting as a life sport. I'm 56 years old. And I sit here in front of you, a healthy man, a man who has good blood work. I have enough energy to run a business and run a family and live in a nice neighborhood in Wall, New Jersey and enjoy my life, my passion. I never go to work. I am here at this lovely facility that we have set up for the whole community. It's, uh, It's quite fitting that now after the pandemic that I have continued to train clients from 75 is my oldest client now, and my youngest is 11. So that's kind of who I am, where I'm from. Started powerlifting in 1980, just did my um, decade, my fifth, uh, my fifth decade of competition. Blah, 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 blah. Guys, I just competed at the Worlds 2021, okay, the fifth decade. And I did win. But oh, the lessons along the way about nutrition, overtraining, injuries will all be discussed, as well as sport along the way. I helped Red Bank Catholic High School as a football strength coach become one of the top programs in New Jersey and develop the likes of a professional football player that I'm sure you know, (laughs) the best lineman in the league came out of our school. And I learned a lot of lessons from working with him and his wonderful family. So let's see now, 30 years, guys, as a strength coach for half a dozen schools, not just one. I had my home base at RBC, but I did contracting work with half a dozen other schools in my local Jersey Shore Conference, 
worked with Board of Education, worked with uh, continuing education for physical education instructors. I have done that. But I want you, the listener, now that you have an idea where I'm from, who I am, mostly I'm a, I'm a dad and I'm married to a lovely wife. And mostly, I want this podcast to be about the kids. For many years, I was closed off. Many years, I collected information to gain advantage on the football field. I did. My head coaches were like Bill Belichick, that they were, we were very tight-lipped about our program and how uh, we did it different. And, you know, the results were on the field, yes, but the results more on raising fine, fine young men. And so many of these young men I still stay in touch with that are wonderful people, not just NFL players. We have doctors and <coughs> lawyers. We have people in Washington we have people all over the country that have come out of our <clears throat> Red Bank Catholic football and my fast football program here at uh, JM Power U. Now, that is where I focus. So, your understanding of who I am is there, okay? So, again, as time goes on, I'll field questions and I do have, just so you know, again, a master's degree in exercise science. I am a uh, registered strength and conditioning coach emeritus. I'm a member of the National High School Strength Coaches Association, and I've been a CSCS since 1990. Look some of those credentials up. Yep, six times world champ, 12 times national champ. More importantly, loving dad to United States Marine had a very successful athletic career in high school and a, a dad of a 13-year-old who's going through a tough time. Being a 13-year-old eighth grader post-pandemic is very tough. So I hope I get to reach a lot of the people in my town of Wall where we're going through a very tough time with this hazing incident. And um, the, the challenges bestowed on parents today to raise tough, kind, strong kids that one day will be running this country. And it disturbs me when I'm in public, let's say down the boardwalk in the summer and I'm going for a walk and I have to slow down because the group of teenagers in front of me is all on their phones and they walk like they're 90 years old. They have awful posture. The head's dropping to the floor. And here I am, 56-year-old hip replacement <laughs> guy, and I'm walking 10 times faster than them. A, I don't like to walk on my, while I'm on my phone. But B, I look at the generation of kids, and I see a need. I see a need for more adult leadership in the community better parenting, healthier parenting, healthier households. Because a healthy household is more likely to uh, develop a healthy, productive member of society. I am a parent, first and foremost. So my podcasts, blogs, and ultimately you look online, my programs are going to be hopefully changing the world for better. 
I can help you lose weight. I can help you rehab an injury. I can help you win world championships in powerlifting, win state championships in football and wrestling. I have acumen with 20 different sports. Go ahead, give me a sport, and I'll give you four or five different stories of success uh, that I've come from. More than 6,000 athletes have been through my program or been under my coaching guise. Thousands and thousands of them, folks. You'll never know. You're not going to know them. They're not going to be in the news. But they're good parents. I follow them because I love my alumni. Most of they're good parents. They're veterinarians. <laughs> they're teachers. They're nurses. They're cops. I am hoping to say that the JM Power Built kids of yesterday are now helping make the world a better, safer place for our kids. My oldest is a Marine. He's protecting our country. And my youngest would like to do so. I'm hoping that, um, that he is happy in his quest. I'm not going to push my desires on my kid. I am going to promote health, strength, and kindness. You can be the... <laughs> and I, I am. I'm... I am one of the most ferocious competitors you will ever meet, folks, as a coach with my athletes and as myself as an athlete, always respecting my opponent. Some of my old rivals are now some of my best friends in sport, Dennis Cherry, who made me better. And as time went on, as adults, we realized we had so much in common, we could help each other, and it's as I age, my ability to respect my competitors has allowed me more friendships. Since COVID, I've developed friendships with other professionals in my industry that are local, that might even be seen as competition. They would be, but they're not. They're just my pals. And now I, I would say God's honest truth that I would love to sit with Zach Evenesh. And have a podcast together and talk about such things. I want to hang out with him. I want to hang out with Joe DeFranco. I would love to hang out with uh, Brett Bartholomew. I would love to hang out with Dan John, Robert Yang. These are all names that are all over my Instagram. If you look at my Instagram. But I follow people like that. I follow Thomas Plummer. I listen to him. I listen to Mike Boyle. I listen to Vern Gambetta. I listen to Todd Durkin. I listen to quite a few of your quote-unquote influencers. I only listen to one or two podcasts a week. So I'm hoping that you pick my podcast every now and then because it's a parent, a competitor, an educated man who has the right motives for doing this. I want to share my information. I want to share my lessons learned. So let's get started with the first one. With all the years and all the success, guys in the NFL and the NBA, women in the WNBA, big time D1. I have trained Bruce Springsteen's mom. I've worked with Bruce Springsteen's wife. I've done movie stars, professional athletes, okay? So now, tell me. What is the most important lesson that I have learned? 
It's attitude. It's all about attitude. And thank you, Dr. Rob Gilbert, for you are the one who really started me. And you got me interested in Martin Rooney and his books. And Martin Rooney is another man that I listen to. He's my culture coach. I have a town that needs a culture coach. Maybe I should call him to come down. But I'll go and help. I am certainly ready to help with my attitude. Dr. Rob Gilbert, the Center for Sports Success, Montclair State University, the Success Hotline, 973-743-4690. Again, 973-743-4690. Send me a story at AOL.com. He's at Montclair State University. Look him up. Find him out. Dr. Rob Gilbert has a couple of fantastic books. But Dr. Rob Gilbert really honed me in on my attitude when I started graduate school with him. I was ranked in the middle of the road, fourth, fifth in the country. After a couple of classes with him on sports psychology, I really changed. It changed my life as a coach, changed my life as an athlete, because I was the strength coach at Montclair State while going to graduate school there. And it's all about attitude. You can either pick to be positive or negative. Even with all the negative things going on in my town, I choose to see the good and work on the good and work as a good Samaritan, a good member of our society with a positive attitude. I'm always going to try to weed out culture vultures. I'm always going to try to steer away from engaging in negative banter and negative talk. Let's be positive. So if you're a pessimist, a cynicist, and someone who sees the glass half empty, then you might not want to come on my podcast. Or maybe I'm a guy that might be able to change you because I'm a regular guy. I'm an average Joe. I'm certainly not an all pro. I live a modest life, but I lived a blessed and charmed life because I get to help the world be a better place and changing attitudes. Changing attitudes. I said it again. That's what I want this podcast to do is change attitudes towards social media, change attitudes towards exercise, towards recovery, change attitudes towards nutrition. It starts with a thought. Dr. Stuart McGill, one of the world's greatest um, back experts and general know-it-all. Stu is the greatest, one of the greatest minds on earth when it comes to strength and power and injuries. Him and Dr. Aaron Horshik, I hope I'm saying it right, Aaron. You want physical culture? Squat University, Rebuilding Milo, has helped me tremendously. I'm throwing a lot of names out because I respect so many people in this industry. Want to read a great book on being positive? Read Coach to Coach by, Doc, by Martin Rooney. I'll review books constantly. I will quote great leaders, give um, little stories of motivation. The motivational stuff I love Attitude has to be concretely positive. I do believe when seeking information, people that vil- how about people that vilify exercises to make themselves 
look smart or different. How about people that vilify a piece of fruit? There are doctors online that are vilifying what grows in the ground just to make a buck. They just want you to buy their thing or buy their pill. How can a piece of real food grown in the ground be vilified? It's unbelievable that people now are buying this shit. Ooh, shouldn't have said that. I'll be careful with my language. However, you can feel my passion when it comes to attitude online. Your attitude when you put your phone on, I am hoping you get entertained. I'm hoping you understand what entertainment is. A few laughs, AFV. But some of this TikTok and some of the, the online places where people get entertainment has become sick, has become cruel. Kids laugh at cruelty every day. It's mind-blowing. Cruelty is not a positive attitude. Laughing at somebody else's expense, at somebody else's pain, is not a positive attitude. I am a religious man. I am a Roman Catholic. And this podcast will not be about religion. I just pray that you have one. That you have a deity or you have, a, you have something bigger than yourself that you believe in that can't be measured. What can be measured is attitude. What can be measured is a smile. I walk in my neighborhood a lot and I try to smile at everyone, tip the hat and say hello. And there are some people on purpose, head down, will not engage, have to be miserable. There are some people that wear their misery on their shirt and I smile more at them. They're not to be judged. People who are negative, pessimistic, I have them all around me. Family that I couldn't, I, I pick my friends. <laughs> Some of my family are negative and pessimistic. I don't judge them. I try to bring them to the, the, the good side. Try to bring them out of the dark side. Try to get them to become positive. If this podcast doesn't get published and I passed away tonight in a car accident, I would hope people could listen to this hour and get a feel for me. And change the world.